Hello. We're pleased you've been able to tune in to Finding Truth Matters with Dr. Andrew Corbett. Welcome to the program. If there is a God who actually does have a son who had prophesied through prophets, we saw Micah and Isaiah, that he would one day send his son. Behold, a son is given, a child is born. He was already a son, the son of of God. Now, if that's true, what would you expect to happen if that was being fulfilled, if that was to be fulfilled? You would probably, if this is God, you would expect some weird and strange things to be happening, like 600 men on camels turning up at the birth of your son. That would not be unusual if this was God orchestrating this. A number of Christmas carols make reference to Jesus born to be king. It's a phrase we might see on Christmas cards and nativity scenes each Christmas without really thinking much more of it. There is so much to discover in that simple phrase and tonight Dr Corbett does some exploring. Let's join him now for Where is He Who is Born the King? Thank you for being here today and in a moment we'll, well in a relative moment, we'll, we'll be having our lunch as well. The Christmas story is one of those stories that has now shaped culture. It's certainly shaped the retail industry. And the children's Christmas play that we've just seen about the king is something that I just want to enlarge upon as well. Wise men came from the east. They're known as the, uh, depending on whether you're from America or whether you're from the rest of the world, they're either the Magi or the Magi. The Magi, if you're from America, is everything that has the letter I in it has the sound I rather than it, like the rest of the world. Uh, and these, these men, and we don't know that there were three, in fact there were probably far more than three, but it's based on the fact of the gifts that they brought. Uh, we have a tradition that says that there was just three of them. And I want to pick up that story, and then I want to talk about why did they even think about coming to follow this star? What on earth was going on there and there actually was something going on so let's have a look at this this is taken out of Matthew Matthew's gospel chapter 2 verse 1 where it says this now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and we heard that this morning saying where is he who has been born king of the Jews For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So here's the question I want to just pose and we'll just let it sit for a while. They came to see the one born the king of the Jews. Where did they get that information from? Why would they even think that that star meant, ah, that must be a sign that the king of the Jews has been born? Where on earth did this did this idea come into their thinking? So we'll come to that in a moment. So they arrive in Jerusalem. Now I say that there was far more than three. In fact, tradition says, some, some ancient tradition says, there was as many as 600 that turned up. And the, it, and the fact that it caused a great stir in Jerusalem when they arrived tells you it couldn't have just been three guys on, a, on camels because that would not have been an unusual sight. But 600 or so people turning up, that would have been a little bit unusual. 
So when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Now, see, here's where I'm a little bit confused. You have these magi coming from the area that would today we would call Persia or Iran. And they've come because they know something about the ancient prophecies. When the Jews were taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, the, the Babylonian king who became the, the Babylonian emperor, he took the Jews from Jerusalem when he conquered their territory and took all their gold and took all their wealth and he took them as his prize over around the fertile crescent. So if you see me do this, that's my air map and here we have uh, Israel and then, and then around, this is desert so you can't walk through there but they went around this way to Babylon. So the Jews were there and they had the prophecies that we've heard from Micah and Isaiah and this inculcated into the thinking of those people who were religious in that region. They were known, they, they followed the teachings of a, a man by the name of Zoroaster. And Zoroastrians, even today, follow that, that man's teachings. Now this is really odd because Zoroaster gave prophecies that the God of the universe would send his son into the world to be born of a virgin girl around about the age of 15. In fact, I think he may have even prophesied 15 years of age. And that when that happened, there would be a great demonstration of light. And if you know anything about Zoroastrianism, it's a religion that teaches that the world is in cosmic battle between light and darkness, which is also a theme of the New Testament, which is interesting as well. And so when they saw the star, which must have been incredibly unusual because it wasn't following any of the cosmological star paths. In other words, if you've been watching the, the sky, the night sky recently, this week, uh, moon, the moon and Jupiter were in conjugation. Isn't that exciting? If you looked out that where, where, toward the west, you would have seen the moon and Jupiter kind of having a bit of a chat. And then two nights ago, it was Saturn and the moon. And so it's really interesting. And those things are predictable. In fact, I, I have an app that tells me, watch the night sky at nine minutes past nine tonight because you will see this in the sky, which I, I find fascinating. But we can track that. But these guys saw something that was incredibly unusual. This was what appeared to be a star. In fact, I got Ruby out of, uh, nearly out of bed and, she, and I said, come and have a look at this because this is actually really unusual. It's Jupiter and the moon right, right beside each other. And she said, oh, that's not a star? I said, no, that's the planet Jupiter. It's as, um, as big as Earth and it's shining very brightly in the, in the night sky because of just our orbit and proximity to it. But what they saw was even more unusual than that because it wasn't following any star path. In fact, it took, it, they followed it, it says, around the Fertile Crescent and they came 
to Jerusalem. Now, Bethlehem, where Christ was born, is about a handful of kilometers just south of Jerusalem. So from Bethlehem um, to Beth to so from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, it's not that far. But the interesting thing is, this the star, which I'm going to suggest to you in a moment, was not a star, but it was a bright light that appeared to be a star, stopped shining. They get to Jerusalem. And it's not there anymore. And I don't know a lot about astronomy, but I know that stars do not take a break. They don't turn their lights off. So this was unusual again. So this is why I think there's a clue that there's something going on here. And we've just read what happened. They said to Herod, where is the one born king of the Jews? Now I said I was confused. I was asking the question, how did these guys from... Uh, Assyria know this well they would probably would have been Zoroastrian so I've ticked that box but how come Herod didn't know about it because after all he was the king in Israel and if you expect that anyone would know about the prophecies of Israel it would be the king of Israel but here's the problem he wasn't the rightful king he wasn't even a Jew. He was an Edomian. He was someone who had curried favour with Caesar and had been appointed that king. And then his children, he had children who didn't take to his throne. They were given just a section, a small section of the land after him. So he wasn't a Jew. He wasn't familiar with the prophecies. He didn't know the Bible. He didn't know the God of Israel. How do we know that? Because he called the chief priests and the scribes and said, is there something in the Bible about this? Because he didn't know. They told him, yes, there is. The scriptures say this, and they quote it. And we heard it. This morning in the play, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. This is the prophet Micah, and of course, this would have been told to the Assyrians when the Jews were taken over there, and these magi, the wise men, they would, have been, they would have been familiar with these prophecies and they would have known what Zoroaster had said as well. So, King Herod finds out about this. Now that light has stopped shining over Bethlehem. And we don't know how long it took for them. It would have taken probably a couple of months to get over. But, but remember, Joseph and Mary only had to go to Bethlehem to register. They didn't have to live there. That this was not their new home. Their home was Nazareth. And so by the time the light's gone out, the wise men come to Jerusalem and they say, where? This is, follow the story. So Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And so just as the children's Christmas play was about the king I'm asking the question, well, where is the king? Where is he who was born the king? And this was the phrase used by these wise men, the Magi. So this is what Herod did to the wise men. 
he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. Now, this shouldn't have been hard. If you've ever been to Bethlehem, even you know, in modern times, it's not a big place. It, strangely enough, it's not, in, it's not in Israel anymore. It's in Palestine. And it's, it wasn't a big place in the day either. So it, theoretically, it shouldn't have been hard to find the Christ, the one-born King of the Jews. And Herod told them, when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them and it came to rest over the place where the child was, or should we say now was. Where is he? Because he was born in some kind of animal uh, area where, where the animals were kept. It, we refer to it as a stable and we've got these, these nice Christmas cards that make it look all pretty and so on. Chances are it was probably a part of a house and not very odorously friendly and probably as dirty as you could imagine because it was where animals were. But now something's happened because, well, let's have a look. When they saw the star, so the stars reappeared, and it's led them, I presume, somewhere else. And they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, not the barn, not the stable, not the cave, but now they're in a house. So some time has elapsed. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. That's interesting. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. And that's why modern tradition says there was three wise men because each brought one of those gifts. But as I've said, that's not what the text actually says. So here we have Jesus who may well be back in Nazareth by now and they've been led to his house where he is. Now, let me do my air map again. Here's Jerusalem. Here's Bethlehem. Over here is where these guys have come from and they have to go this way. But to get to Nazareth, they have to go around Samaria or through Samaria and then up into Galilee. Now remember, Herod said, come back and tell me when you found him. So in order to do that, they would have to go that way, report to Herod and then go back around that way. But notice what the text is about to say. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed by their own, uh, to their own country by another way. So instead of going back to Jerusalem, they are warned and they just go home. They go back home. So that's weird. Like There's something very, very particular going on here. Now here's, here's the thing. If there is a God who actually does have a son, who had prophesied through prophets, we saw Micah and Isaiah, that he would one day send his son. Behold, a son is given, a child is born. He was already a son, the son, the son of God. Now, if that's true, what would you expect to happen if that was being fulfilled, if that was to be fulfilled? You would prop, if this is God, you would expect some weird and strange things to be happening. Like, 
600 men on camels turning up at the birth of your son. That would not be unusual if this was God orchestrating this. You'd also probably expect that there might be some astronomical phenomena. Because after all, God can do kind of whatever he wants. And in this way, he has sent a great light. What, what the, the play brought out also was that we're told what that light was. It was a heavenly host of angels. It, and that's, that was what it, we read in the Gospel of Luke. So when we match these two up, we realise this is not some wandering floating Venus or Saturn or any other planet that could be shining like a star. This is something that emanated great light that the, these wise men could follow. So here's, here's something really interesting about this as well. The prophets didn't just prophesy that this child would be king of the Jews. They said that, but not just of the Jews. I guess it's in the same kind of way that Australia has a queen. Who is our queen? Please, please don't say Dame Edna. Please don't do that. Who, who is our queen? Queen Elizabeth. She's our queen. She's also the queen of I'm not sure how many other countries. And in the same sense, the prophets said that this one who would be born in this way, by a virgin, miraculously, with signs confirming what was happening, he would be the king of nations. He would be the one who would rule the nations. It's interesting there's a, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's really interesting about this. One is that a manger, we, we used a, a wooden manger. But mangers in those days were actually made out of stone. And so that carved stone and the feed would be put in there. And, and when Jesus was born, he was wrapped in cloth and put in that stone manger. It's interesting, it's really interesting that when Jesus died, he was wrapped in cloth. And put in a stone tomb. It's interesting. It's also interesting that they came looking for the one born king of the Jews. And when Jesus was crucified on the cross, Pilate ordered, This is the, remember, the king of the Jews. So you've got these parallels that run from his birth, right, and then following through to his death as well. And in the same way, Psalm 22 is one of those psalms that picks it up from the time of Christ's appearing and his death and then says he will become the king of the nations. And in many respects, that's yet to happen. But in Jeremiah 23 and verse 5, we read of the, the prophets and how they were told that the Christ, that God would send the Christ, the one who would be in the line of David, and he would come and he would be the king and the Jews would accept him as king, therefore they saw him as king. Okay, so this is interesting because that's not all that the prophet Jeremiah said about him. The prophet Jeremiah, if I read this from Jeremiah 23 verse 5, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land in the days in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. 
And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The prophet Jeremiah also said this. He goes on in in chapters 29 and, and 31 and 33 to say that when this one comes, he will not only be king of the earth, but he will establish a way. He will make a way for all people to come into a relationship with God. And that's called the new covenant. The new covenant. So Jesus, the one born king of the Jews, born king of the nations, was actually to be a far greater, grander, more magnificent king than any of these people realised. For me, it's an amazing, an amazing moment of ignorance when Jesus in his final days is standing before Pilate, the one who represents who people thought was the greatest person on earth that was the Caesar and he asks him this question are you a king that's just an odd it's an odd question are you a king and do you remember what Jesus says to him in this moment now get this he actually is a king he's not just a king he's the king he is And Pilate, for some reason, asks him this. And Jesus says to Pilate, the governor, the one who's representing the Caesar of Rome, you have said so. In other words, as you have said. In other words, yes, I am. And it's almost as if, in my mind's eye, I can imagine Pilate taking a step back because something was radiating out of Jesus at that time that caused him to have a whole lot of second thoughts. And added to his second thoughts, his wife comes up to him and says, I'm telling you, Pilate, do not condemn this man. And he says, why is that? Because I had a horrible night's sleep last night. Uh, because something is telling me this man is different and different he was he was born the king he was born the king the most the most common thing that Jesus talked about if you've read Matthew Mark Luke and John Matthew Mark and Luke in particular over and over and over Jesus spoke about the kingdom my kingdom in fact in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 he said if you want to live a fulfilling flourishing life that you can truly enjoy seek first entrance into my kingdom now someone asked him well where is it and when's it coming and he said it's already here don't look over there don't look over there because my kingdom will be within you So here's the question. Every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. It's the prayer that Jesus taught his followers to pray. And here's the question then, knowing that Jesus said, that way to find the meaning and purpose for life is to come into my kingdom. It's to make me king of your heart and king of your soul. So here's the question 
that has lingered for the last 2,000 years or so. Is he king of your heart, your life? Is Jesus your king? Would you pray with me? Father, as we enter into this Advent season, Advent meaning the appearing, the one who has come, the promised one who has come, this season of celebration where we remember, along with the whole world, that the king was born, the king has come, and his name is Jesus, more than a name, because that name means saviour. And Lord, I pray for those who think Christianity and following Jesus is just about being religious. God forgive them, because it's not. It's about being the person you're created and made to be and coming into a relationship that you were created for. And Father, I pray that something, something of the light of the truth of that would enter into everyone's heart here today, that they would come to see that God is not mad at them, but he's mad about them. Mad in love about them. And that, Father, we would come to see your great love for us exhibited because you sent your Son to shine your light of love and grace into our hearts. And, Father, for those who feel like they're a million miles away, Father, for those who feel that, well, I go to church, I'm, I'm religious, is good enough, forgive them, Lord. And may they come to know you who you truly are. May they come to know Christ as their king. And if that's you, can I tell you, you are not a million miles away from God. If you think you're religious and that your religion is going to get you over the line, may God forgive you because that's not it at all. It's coming to know Jesus, having him as king of your heart and soul, And I'll tell you now, you are not a million miles away from God. You are just one prayer away. A prayer that asks God to forgive you. A prayer that asks God to come and cleanse you of your sin. And a prayer that asks God to come into your heart and for him to fill you afresh with his spirit. And from that prayer you pray, I guarantee you, your life will be different from this point and now Lord I pray that you would put it on the hearts of all those who are outside of the kingdom of your son to pray that prayer that they might enter into the kingdom that Jesus came to establish and so now Lord may we know the love of God may we know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and may we know the fellowship with the Holy Spirit in Jesus name in Jesus name and everyone said Amen. Would you please stand? We're going to close with a... That's all we have time for tonight. If you'd like to obtain a CD copy or premium download of tonight's discussion, please go to our website, findingtruthmatters.org and select Where Is He Born King from our online store. You can also find the podcast by subscribing to Finding Truth Matters on iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud. As we've heard tonight, Jesus was the prophesied king of all the nations, a king who would usher in a new covenant. More from Dr. Corbett next week. Dr. Corbett is pastor of Lagana Christian Church and president of ICI Theological College Australia. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to meeting with you again same time next week for another Finding Truth Matters.